This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com and your host for a show that is in the middle. Well, it's the start, is it not, of the World Cup? Aston yeah, Villa, it's just uh, the start, mate. Players are, uh, I think they're just coming off their holidays, if I'm not mistaken. So joining me on this show, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. 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 We will, uh, on the show, catch up with the latest uh, Villa news. Also look at the Villa contributions to the World Cup. There's not many of them, but still. And dig into uh, some of the Mad Few Group's questions. Uh, We'll do this as a two-parter. There's a few questions. So uh, in terms of World Cup, in this part, we will just focus uh, within the Villa news on the contributions of uh, the Villa players. So we'll be talking Polska, Belgique. And uh, Argentina, or Saudi Arabia, more to the point. And dig into the questions uh, from our match clubbers, which uh, talk about Villa affairs going forward. How are you, chaps? Have you been enjoying the World Cup so far? I'm all right, yeah. It's, it's been, I've been surprisingly more engaged with it than I thought I would be. I think the fact that England probably won their first game with an eight-goal thriller probably helped a little bit. And I kind of like this whole roll out of bed, watch a game of football malarkey at sort of 10 in the morning. Yeah. Um, some of the games have been absolutely woeful and some of the stuff going on around the tournament is still a bit iffy, should we say. But I think actually, generally speaking, I think some of the games have been really good with you know a couple of really big shocks and a couple of big, you know, big scoring victories. It's been probably better than I thought it would be on the pitch. The Saudi uh, victory, I think that ignited the tournament as a, oh shit, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> yeah, I was the same. I was so <laughs> pathetic beforehand. And I was like, oh wow, England have scored six and bloody hell, the French have banged a few in and then suddenly it was like, you know, Germany have lost and... Last time we saw England in the flesh, so to speak, was in, uh, was well, it was at the Molyneux when it, uh, Hungary battered them. It just, that just looked like a team that was going nowhere, anywhere, but out of the first round of the group stages. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to give them some credit, because, uh, you know, Iran are capable. Yeah, well, they're top 20 in the world. Well, I, I, I don't really subscribe to this... Uh, the ranking stuff's based rating, on winning games, ranking, though, isn't it? So. bollocks. Yeah, it's uh, it's all a load of bollocks. I mean, I don't think this is uh, vintage Iran, if there is such a thing. Mm. <laughs> Depends what you're talking about when you mean vintage Iran. A footballing point of view, definitely not. I was expecting uh, a better Iran team, and I was expecting a team because you know they beat uh, they beat America in the 1998 World Cup, and I was expecting a team that would uh, tussle. I mean, they normally. You know, they normally kind of pick up a point in the group stages, or well, they they have historically. I was expecting a very typically English uh, first round, the first game of a tournament, really scrappy. I thought we'd win, but I thought it'd be one of those unconvincing one nil wins kind or of something two, like one or two nil. Yeah, yeah. like laboured. Yeah, laboured. That's the word. A bit like a bit like what Belgium did against Canada, Basically, although yeah. uh, Canada really fluffed their lines. Yeah, get over there. the line was Iran were just like whoa, <laughs> and England were bloody clinical. To be fair, you can't you know for all we've. People have moaned about Southgate not getting them off the leash. When England went for it, they they went in for the kill, didn't they? That's what you have to do. Let's not forget, uh, in the last World Cup, uh, Iran drew against Portugal one all and beat Morocco one nil, And we're very unlucky not to uh, get through the group stages. So 
when people are looking at comparing Saudi Arabia beating uh, Argentina, I mean, Iran aren't that far away. I mean, you know, recent friendly, they got beat 2-0 by Tunisia. So I don't think they're as good a team as probably the last World Cup. But still, uh, a lot of it was down to uh, just the shock of England being so clinical and it just knocked them for six. Well, literally knocked them for six. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know, it's, it's mad when you think of the, the, the firepower that England can bring off the bench when you're bringing on Grealish, Foden and Rashford in one change. There aren't too many teams in the competition that can do that. It's just uh, the other side of the coin. Defensively, which, uh, I still thought, whoa, there was a few, a few hairy moments. But I was looking at that the Belgium, you know, Belgium game against Canada, and I mean, if uh, I think if Canada weren't so pumped up and had a bit more composure, and and uh, you know, the the guy who plays for Lille actually could finish, mm-hmm. they would have won that game. Belgium looked like they're spent force, but you know, these tournaments uh, sometimes it's you know, as they always say, it's how you end the tournament, not how you start. Yeah, and I still expect yeah. Argentina to be in the business end. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, yeah, they Don't lost know. they lost their first game in it- Italian ninety, didn't they? To Cameroon, quite famously, and still ended up in the final. I mean, I watched the Poland-Mexico game, and uh, Poland are Poland. I mean, got apart, about from the, apart from the seventies and early eighties when they had, you know, like Lotto and Bonnier, they're just, you know, it's it's a disappointment every time. They've got nothing, uh, and Lewandowski is almost like, uh, you know, he's, he's just kind of isolated on his own. And the idea is, you know, if he's going to draw one or two players, there should be other people taking advantage of this, but there never is. It's so conservative. And uh, I, I knew he was going to miss that penalty, by the way. He just, just because he's never scored a World Cup goal before, he just thought, yeah, he's not going to, is he? No. <laughs> but Mexico, not as good as, not as good as previous years. And, you know, they normally, I think the last eight World Cups, certainly they've been in, they've got through the group stages. Uh, I don't know. I, I think if they showed a bit more, I would be, uh, I would actually stick my neck out and say they can beat Argentina. But uh, I don't think uh, Argentina will be scared of Mexico or Poland in terms of progressing. And I don't think those two teams, uh, if Argentina actually uh, click into gear, I think that might be a wake-up call the first game. And I can see the Saudis getting more points there off those two teams mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. No, but I'm, one thing I, I'm liking about the World Cups, the, the injury time that's been added on so far, because it feels like a real, it's, you think that the underdog has finally done it, they've won, and then all of a sudden you see the board go up seven minutes and another seven minutes. <laughs> 12, which is like, 10 minutes. Sort of, yeah, you really have to <laughs> earn it. 24 minutes of added time in the England game over the both halves. Yeah, people are saying, you know, making jokes about it. But uh, when you uh, when you look at the facts that last season in the Premier League, the ball was in play in Aston Villa games for 51 minutes. Disgraceful. And something seconds. So pretty much, I mean, some games, the ball was out of play over 40 minutes. So that almost a half. You're basically just watching a half, just over a half of actual football and the other half is just nonsense time wasting injuries bs var you know call it substitutions so i i think it's this is like the first igno- i mean it's taken so long I, I don't know why it's taken so long but it's like the first acknowledgement that something might have to change here over this course of this podcast especially the last couple of seasons have been really frustrated with the time wasting especially when teams are leading at villa park and you know you're seeing players close to death like one inch away from the uh, edge of the pitch I'm, I'm speaking of you Watford uh, <laughs> yeah. you know when you know the referee should either get them off or they've got to change this rule I mean the fun- funniest thing is when Matty Cash tried to time waste when we were leading once and he, he rolled off the pitch injured and Gerard you could see him on the sideline bollocking him it's like you have to stay on the pitch Matty <laughs> naivety <laughs> so, or else Villa the game goes on I think it's time uh to just take a break from Qatar and uh, talk about the Villa news. Right, well, the Villa news is kind of about Qatar, so we will... <laughs> back to Qatar, then. <laughs> back to Qatar. Well, well, first of all, we'll go through the other stuff. It looks like the Villa players were on holiday, probably got that seven to ten days, that depend, maybe depending on who it was. Yep. Uh, Coutinho put on Instagram that uh, well, a video of him going through Bodymore, Bodymore Heath Gates. I don't think he'll be actually playing for a good couple of months, though, from what we've heard, yep. unless it was a phony injury. And uh, Emery said, oh, we actually, we might need you now. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't see it with his injury record, but never mind. You know, we've been talking about uh, Emery's now got six weeks, but actually it's about four, isn't it, really? He's got a good month, really, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's more like five weeks, really, with the sort of the gap before Liverpool. He's got a couple of friendlies and... Well, they probably, I mean, there'll be more friendlies, I would imagine. They'll be on those doors to find them, I'm sure. Yeah. Meanwhile, me and Bud actually uh, visited Villa Park at the weekend to see the Aston Villa women's team uh, beat Reading for the first time in the top tier. I think they previously they had two losses and two draws. Comfortable in the end after going 1-0 down. Mm. Uh, Rachel Daly hat-trick made it 3-1. Could have been more. I, I, I was impressed. It's I, I kind of liked it. It's a slower pace. It's almost like watching a continental game somewhere. So few Villa players. Uh, I'm thinking like the left back, Dalian centre midfield, uh, Rachel Daly. Very, you know, technically very good and uh, very sound yeah, on the, the ball. Yeah, the left back, uh, Pacheco, is it, or however you pronounce yeah. it. She was very tidy on the ball. And they, they yeah, get the ball down at the play, I suppose, because they don't have the, the, the power of the men's game to sort of be pinging crossfield passes. It's it's very neat and they play through the field, which is generally makes for quite a good game of football. And I think that, you know, they're a much improved team uh, than previous incarnations. This is probably the best Aston Villa women's team you've ever seen. Yeah, and they've got a bit of sort of belief about them this team yeah and uh, you know with Rachel Daly you've got somebody who's uh, kind of a cut above in terms of finishing them had the ball in the net for a fourth didn't she as well was disallowed yeah it was, it was definitely a worth uh, worthwhile watch and probably better than most of the Villa men's teams games I've seen this season to be honest and I'm, I'm not kidding <laughs> right anything else there's not really much uh, cooking up I mean let's talk about the three uh, Villa players that actually started uh, first of all Martinez <laughs> <laughs> to, oh dear. It's similar, uh. similar to Villa because Villa do pretty, I mean, for all their, uh, let's say, poor results, we do keep teams in terms of uh, opportunities at arm's length generally. Yeah, you had fuck all to do and pick the ball out of his net twice. Yeah, well, I mean, in Villa case, it's normally like sloppy mistakes that undo all the kind of good work. But in this case, I mean, f- the two finishes were class, weren't they? If you've watched a few World Cups in your time, you will know that uh, the Saudis have a propensity to score wonder goals. The one in USA 94 was ridiculous, wasn't it? The guy just ran and ran and ran. (laughs) He just went through the whole team. (laughs) I mean, that was one of the best. But they also hit some screamers as well over the years. So it's kind of like as long as, uh, you know, the... I mean, they were aggressive and, you know, they were physical and, you know, there's a lot more stature about them. Used to be like really super slick and tidy, but they just didn't have the physicality to match, you know, the European or South American teams. And they bullied the Argentinians, didn't they? The Argentinians, you know. Got a bit of thunder now, yeah. Yeah, you normally expect an Argentinian team. They're always going to be technically good, but they're going to be physical, aggressive, and they just weren't at all. In America, the the World Cup you're on about, I mean, they got through the group stages. They got beat only 2-1 by Holland and then they beat Morocco 2-1 and beat Belgium en route to get knocked out the second round but uh, then it's been uh, you know people are just been slapping them about yeah. I mean I, I remember Germany beat them 8-0 that ballot him and was it South Korea that yeah. World Cup they started off with a, a hiding they gave them 8-0 and then uh, in Russia they got beat 5-0 in the first game so this is um, although they did they beat Egypt in the last game in uh, Russia so this is a different beast I think obviously inspired by the fact that it's very close the uh, I mean it's you know it's the first well World Cup in the Middle East in that game yeah there's a few a few England fans actually staying in Dubai and uh, getting the shuttle over and apparently the transport's pretty good from there it's so it's that kind of works well it's a very easy um, World Cup to navigate compared to most it's not not quite as localised as like an Olympics so the maximum you are away from sort of Doha is about half an hour I think is the furthest so it's really good and the, and the metro covers all the stadiums which is great so in that sense that's a bit of a plus for Qatar as much as there haven't been too many about them hosting I think the stadiums actually look pretty impressive and, and the getting there is pretty good so that's Martinez Cash playing in a team that's not very uh, ambitious and he's mm. you know they're, they're more concerned about not conceding than uh, trying to get up and supporting Lewandowski so uh, he was physical enough yeah Cash he, he was getting stuck in and getting as usual getting clattered himself and knocked off the pitch and everywhere else I mean he had a decent enough uh, showing didn't he yeah, and then Dendonka started in a, in a three-man backline, didn't he, for Belgium as well? Yeah, which is how they've been playing uh, in the qualifiers. Uh, mm-hmm. It's only the last f- few friendlies or that Nations League that they, they dropped him. But I think that was partially because he wasn't playing uh, for his club team at the time, Wolves. Yeah. But just getting that little sniff of a few games for Villa recently has obviously helped his cause in terms of getting that start. It'd be interesting to see if they'd play that uh, back three in, let's say, uh, the knockout stages. 
because I, I you know when I was looking at Den Donker and what he's been doing for the national team, uh, you know when when he signed for Villa, I was I was noticed that some of those qualifiers were kind of dead rubber games against lesser teams when they ployed him in that back three. So uh, we shall see if he uh, stays an active member. But you know he, he had a decent game as well, uh, pretty much. Uh, although uh, I don't think the threat was coming down his side; it was the other side, wasn't it? Yeah, but he was he was sort of getting plenty of clearances in the end because Vertonghen and Alderweireld are they're getting on a bit there so he was sort of like the legs in that back three I don't know about this Belgium team if you're looking at them as uh, you know a candidate to win this thing I just think you look at the zest of like the Spanish and the French you know if they played this Belgium team and as the French did last time I think they'll beat Belgium even though you know France are missing a few players in this kind of heat older players it you know it doesn't really uh, go well for them I don't think it's just my sort of view across the board that I, I do wonder if if this isn't necessarily a vintage World Cup in terms of the, a lot of those teams being at their best versions compared to previous tournaments. It, it feels like... Well, this has been the case for the last four or because five years. Because I think years. the top level of football now is the Champions League. And I think the overall standard at international level isn't quite there. And bearing in mind, they've only had maybe a week's prep because most of these guys are playing in European leagues. So I think it might be that the big teams either slow start Start slowly and build into the tournament, or they just can't get going. Well, no, I think it's it's uh, you're talking about and the teams standard in, just isn't there. In transi- in no, but yeah. you're talking about teams in transition, like yeah. Spain are now a rebuilt younger team. Yeah, Germany don't know what they are. It's uh, you know this Muller's still bloody playing. He had to come out of his retirement. So. Cryogenically frozen, wasn't he? So that you know they're they're lacking uh, legit players. The French seem to have a squad that can even. Uh, look after having you know three or four big hitters out so uh yeah and they are big hitters those guys as well they are a force i mean even with those guys out you've still got mbappe Giroud, griezmann you know just in terms of forwards that front line's scary good yeah and you know the villa french contingent aren't even getting in the squad i mean despite those injuries they did come back fit and they would have got into a world cup squad if they were needed so uh so it's still strong. So they're the team still in their peak. And you got to say Argentina and Brazil in terms of uh, having decent squads. But yeah, a lot of, you know, Belgium, I, th- they've, I think they've, they're over the hill now. England, it's like if they had a better defence, you know, if you had your Terries or your Campbell's. Even if they had one better defender. <laughs> yeah. like, if, you had, if you had one world-class defender, you'd be able to get away with the other. But you saw in that Iran game, even little moments where Iran, Iran did have a go, we looked a little bit shaky. As soon as we were put under pressure, it was like, whoa, hang on a sec. It wasn't like red yeah. flag territory, but it was a bit like, okay, this is... And Southgate rightfully said, great win, but we are going to have to be better. Yeah, no, they, they should have won should've that just real comfortably and just, you know, broke them and... But yeah, it wasn't like they just took the foot off the gas. It was, it was kind of, uh, it just looked a little bit fragile. We look good with the ball, yeah. not so good without it. And you think if that's against a very average side, you come up against one of the big boys in a knockout game. You won't, mo- you make one mistake. That can be the mistake that gets you knocked out of the tournament. Yeah, but we'll see. It's one of those. At least they're up and running. Yeah, big time. It's a statement, and uh, we shall see how they do. Uh, I mean, they should. It's it's a good group. Put it that way. In terms of the it's a levels. reasonable passage, actually, right it's not that the tricky. Yeah. So anyway, that we will leave it at that. Right. Let's get into uh, the media muppets. Right, Phil. What have you got in the trunk? Well, as everybody knows, it's uh, Black Friday season, so the ad Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah people, the, the the Birmingham Mail, the, the battery hens need to get that ad revenue in for Black Friday. They need to get all the ads out. The, the ad rates go up in these times, people. This is where the advertisers spend the money. Yeah, we choice two headlines to see which one you want. So we have transfer expert response to stunning quadruple Aston Villa link or... Close tabs, Unai Emery spotted at match in Spain during Aston Villa break. Uh, let me guess, none of these have anything to do with any solid transfer link. The thing I know about the first one, that's just basically the uh, Villarreal players, lazy link, ex-manager, blah, blah, blah. Is that right? Yes, it is. But who's the, who's the transfer expert? It's our, it's our old fr- it's our old friend. Who Fabrizio? I mean, I can just imagine this is probably a deadpan way he said it. He just goes, "It's normal to have these sort of links because when a manager joins a new club, we have the rumours about his former club's players. It's the most dismissive thing." Yes, yeah, stating the obvious has become uh, the new gold. 
on social media and in articles, it's kind of, uh, I don't know what's going on in this world. But yeah, it's not his fault. He's just like saying, yeah, I think it's normal, uh, these sorts of links. Yeah, and the so, other one, uh, was it Emery just going back home visiting old chums? Yeah, it is. I mean, he close tabs sort of leads the impression that he's scouting somewhere, but no, calm down. It's um, He went to a third division fixture between Intercity and Real Union. The reason that he keeps the close tabs on Union is that he's the largest shareholder in this club, while his brother Igor Emery is the club president. Yeah, it's just it's it's is basically on he's on holiday, isn't he? Visiting his brother and hanging out. Yeah, I'm not going to make the comparison there that we've said that Unai Emery's a bit like Dracula and his brother called Igor. I mean, that's just just too <laughs> obvious. <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe there should be a new uh, twist to Media Muppets because uh, one of our members in Match Club, Dan Gooding, did propose. He said he wanted uh, Phil Shaw to dig in on his behalf. He saw a, a Birmingham Mail headline saying, Emmy Martinez receives a Lionel Messi message as Aston Villa told Matty Cash Price. Now, you've noticed it's like loaded up with uh, as many big names in the headline as possible. Throw in Messi there. I think even when the, the Birmingham Mail tweeted on their social media, they said, Messi not missing around with the old uh, eyes uh, emoji. So he said he, he wasn't going to click it. He said instead he was going to guess. And he says, here's my guess to the uh, the headline, uh, Emmy Martinez receives Lionel Messi message as Aston Villa told Matty Cash Price. He says, my guess is Messi sent Emmy a text message asking him if he could get him some milk while he was out in the shops in Qatar. <laughs> Emmy wasn't sure if he had enough loose change. So he rang Villa Park to get, to get Matty Cash's uh, number because he knows uh, on match days, uh, uh, certainly at Villa, that uh, Cash sells semi-skim milk on match days <laughs> and uh, so he, he wanted to get the, his wholesale price which uh, apparently was uh, in Qatar to cover the uh, the costs was £3.36 uh, I don't know if that's for one pint two pints or four pints but uh, that kind of makes sense it all, it, it's, it's probably I don't know what the re- actual story alludes to and no doubt a load of bollocks but that's probably uh, m- a more valid story than uh, whatever clickbait that's there yeah, well, I'm. I'm not clicking it, so and uh, that is more valid. It's already more enjoyable. Yeah, you haven't got a, a better interpretation, have you? No, I mean, uh, uh, Aston Villa told Matty Cash price. Surely, the, he's their player. They know what price he is. I mean, it's them that sets the price. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, but what's the what's the messy message? <laughs> the messy message. The messy message is try saving the ball when it's coming at you. Am <laughs> I? <laughs> you don't have much to do. Make sure what you have to do, you do it. Ooh. Right, uh, any positivity in uh, Mom's Media Nuggets? Well, positivity, there's a, there's an interesting story because BBC have done a sto- uh, study into the carbon footprint of the Qatar World Cup. So there's a couple of snippets from this. It's a, You can actually go onto the BBC website and find it. It's an interesting interview. But they're saying that the claim that the Qatar World Cup is carbon neutral is dangerous and misleading because FIFA have said that you know, this is the most carbon neutral World Cup and they can put out evidence like there's electric buses for the teams going around um, Qatar. You know, there's no need for internal flights and things like that. But the experts have pointed out a couple of assumptions and this is the best one. So the carbon count they have used for the, the journeys for all the fans arriving in Qatar, they've just assumed that the airplane journeys are one way. They haven't doubled up the carbon for the, the the fans going home again so yeah. everybody must be just staying in Qatar so that's just that's just one part of it but if you go in and read it there's a you just see it's it's not really carbon neutral unless they do something that sort of like extracts the carbons they had to build those stadiums from scratch and the amount of money they spent uh is it like 200 billion compared to like something like 16 billion that Russia spent yeah. also there's things like you know people are commuting in on flights from uh Dubai on like shuttle flights there's also uh I think they're just using water bottles and they're not allowed refillable ones because, you know, they think that people might peddle uh, alcohol in them. So there's a lot of, you know, a bit of smoke and mirrors there, I think, in that. uh, A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Right on to the three points. Uh, oh, we could talk about Qatar even more regarding armbands, tents, expensive tents as well. I mean, the one I, I think shows you how petty FIFA is. I mean, we've seen the, you know, the Germans... Belgium, Dutch and England, uh, they were going to wear that one love armband, which I thought was a cop out in the first place. They, if they, if they want to make a statement, just wear that. The, that seems to be the toxic rainbow uh, armband, uh, which seems to send uh, FIFA crazy. That's the one that gives you maximum effect. But they even back down from the, the one love one. But Belgium did have the word love embroidered into their collars. Now, this is on the inside of the shirt, and FIFA demanded that the Belgium team remove it because apparently love is a political uh, statement now, or it seems to be. But I think that's what shows you in the cold light of day what we're dealing with here in terms of uh, the kind of FIFA hypocrisy and uh, increasingly what seems to be like uh, FIFA censorship. Pity they didn't censor their infantino speech that he, or his monologue that he went on for an hour. That was was a car crash. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be memed and used... uh, Forever. Forever. I mean, you know, he's in the position and, and people need to sort this out in football that he's going to be in an election to be president of FIFA again, unopposed. Nobody's running against him. And it's a 12-year term. And that speech just shows you he's, he's tone deaf and really has, in terms of genuine em- empathy, very little to all the groups that he told us that he felt or feels. Right, point number two, uh, Brummy comedian Joe Lysert, I think, doesn't like this, uh, you know, Golden, he's been on the cover of Attitude, uh, David Beckham and you know the the idea of the Beckham brand is to be this kind of uh, appeal to all saint-like figure and just collect the cash and uh, obviously David Beckham is now after being the ambassador for England's bid back uh, in the bid process uh, over 10 years ago he's now uh, the ambassador for Qatar because he's got a big chunk of change from them which uh, considering he's kind of standing in the gay community and the you know the respect he's got there obviously Joe Lissett hasn't taken this and he said uh, what was what did he want to do well he said he was going to he was going to shred ten thousand pounds of his own money um, if David Beckham didn't basically just like say he was wrong and quit. Now anybody sort of would think to themselves because it's illegal to you know destroy money. So anybody would sort of think like right, this is you know it's a it's a good publicity grabbing thing, but he, he's not going to actually do it, even though it looked like he did it. What did um, the KLF the, do when they burnt a million? Do you remember that, or is that before your uh, time? Uh, before mine, I think. Do you know about KLF burning a million? Get googling, boys. That's your homework. <laughs> right, sorry, carry on. Lysa then, in a video update posted the next day on Twitter, he just went, the truth is the money that went into the shredder was real, but the money came out that was fake. The 10 grand had already been donated to LGBTQ plus charities before he even pressed send on the tweet last week. So it was, you know, it raised awareness. It was, it, it yeah. did its job, but yeah. Well, it, you know. it basically did its job of showing that David Beckham's a bit of a hypocrite. Yeah. 
Point number three, uh, maybe somebody, if David Beckham plays football again, should piss in his water bottle, which uh, is what happened when uh, Geisley Town played Warrington Town in an FA Trophy game, which uh, Geisley Town won 1-0 and saw a very unusual sending off, which you may or may not have heard about. Uh, A fan allegedly urinated in Warrington Town keeper Tony Thompson's drink in his water bottle, or he switched his water bottle, I think. And then uh, Tony Thompson, I don't know how he found out, but uh, anyway, he ended up squirting the bottle in, into the squ- uh, supporter's face, so he must have seen him do it, because there's, a, there's been a video doing the rounds of the fan jumping over the barrier and swapping the water bottle. This happened, uh, I think, on the hour mark of the game. Tony after said, uh, today I fell out of love with the game. I've been called many names, but for somebody to piss in my bottle, for me to drink it, and then to be told I wasn't allowed to react because I'm a player is outrageous. That person has put me, my family's health at risk and knocked me sick. What does knock me sick mean? It's a scouse phrase. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Is it, it, knocks, it knocks me, it, it knocks me sick. <laughs> Good to have a translator on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. A scouse translator. The fan in question was reportedly removed from Cantilever Park, though it is yet to be known whether they will take any further action it's a bit it's just low rent into that uh, yeah for somebody yeah, to do that wanky behavior that is. there's bantering and there's that's just it's just really yeah. horrible behavior that sort the of film stuff. it should be dealt with accordingly uh, i have little sympathy and to be honest he should be dealt with by his own this kind of thing you should be self-policing that there's a bit of a line isn't it, where you kind of go that's just not funny yeah no exactly All right before we go on i just want to say a big thank you very much to the my old man said members for supporting the show as always and actually we're going to try to organize a uh, a live get together uh, for the England and Wales game uh, in the kind of area just outside of uh, Birmingham actually but uh, members uh, I will send you more details of that but thank you very much uh, for supporting the show and especially to uh, Anders Lurson I hope that's pronounced right and also uh, old matey boy over in Australia the Irish gem, Liam, who... Uh, Good lad. Well, he's a member, but uh, I don't know, this Patreon out... They, they seem to decline cards when tr- people try to update them. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. <laughs> and and then Patreon tells you to speak to the bank, but at least uh, for your hassles of sorting it out, you do get another shout-out. So uh, thank you for uh, being a My Old Man Said member, as always. Uh, as a My Old Man Said member, you do get extra shows. After Hours uh, is the weekly one as well as getting uh, ad-free shows, free versions of all of these shows and this show that you're listening to now, and access to uh, Match Club. So for more details to join us, please do go to myomansaid.com and click on the members link or uh, the link uh, in the bio of uh, Facebook or Twitter, which will give you a list of links, the whole ecosystem of uh, My Said. Thank you very much. Right. We've got a few mad few questions. We'll do a second part where we tackle the rest of them. But uh, to get us going, uh, we'll stick with the Villa theme on these. More like Villa going forward under Emery in the second part of this season. Tom Linton says, It's clear that Emery wants to build play from the back, goalkeeper playing it short, and then trying to beat the opposition press. However... We went ahead very early against United, which eased fan nerves, and then played United and Brighton away. There are going to be times when the game is in the balance. I think he's talking more about Villa Park. I'm sure we've all seen how nervy and groany Villa fans get when we're playing this way out the back at home. My question is, do you think we have the players to play this way, particularly in defence? And how difficult is it going to be to adapt to this style of play considering the impatience of some supporters i'll just start right off the bat by saying i think we've been playing this way since dean smith been trying to yeah it's just uh, emery may give us a clearer approach how to do this properly because it's more i mean with all due respect to uh, Smith, Gerard, it's more naturally a Spanish way, isn't it? Playing. Continental style, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just look at you know Pep Guardiola. I think Emery, it's more second nature to the way he plays, so that's only going to help things. Yeah, with Emery as well, there seems to be, there's going to be more of a plan when you beat the press as well, rather than, oh, we're here now, what do we do next? Because you could be argued... you don't break the press as well. Yes, I know, because you could be argued at times Villa's decision making in the final third when they have got out has been what's let them down under Smith and under Jared. But there's also the difference now playing that double pivot, and we've got a better quality of player to uh, play this way. I mean, yeah, 
we haven't I seen one that. of them really uh, in Diego Carlos, but he's comfortable on the ball. And one of the reasons he was brought in under Gerard was obviously to play this way. Kamara is a big addition to play that way. And, uh, you know, even uh, Dendonka is comfortable playing out the back. Louise is getting better. And it's, as long as they're uh, brave enough to play forward, not just like, you know, back to goal, receive the ball from the centre-back, then play it back and then play it. And then, you know, the press just pushes you further back, as we saw, you know, too many times uh, at Villa Park. I mean, still to this day, it makes me laugh. The Manchester City game, uh, not this season, the season before, when they had us pressed back into a six-yard box and we were passing it off for corners. But I think... (laughs) Laughable, wasn't it? Just ridiculous. But I think we're a different animal now, just in terms of the calibre of players. And with that double pivot, it gives you something a bit more, uh, well, it gives you more of a foundation to play that way, but in a more yeah. more progressive way in terms of getting it out and turning, you know, turning around. And also the fact that we're not trying to, I don't think we're going to be quite so aggressive with our fullbacks yeah. to the degree that Gerard was, well, I say aggressive, Gerard's whole tactical plan hinged on them, didn't it really? If the fullback positions didn't work, the whole, width, thing, yeah, anyway, the, whole, yeah. the whole thing fell apart. I don't think we're going to play that way. They're going to get involved, but I think they'll be a little bit more measured, and I think that helps. In terms of the last bit of the question, impatience of the supporters, I think Emery's got, you know, because he started well, people can see, oh, okay, we're on side with this, so for now, it'll be all good. You know, I don't think anybody's naive enough as to think it's going to work every game. And, and there's, you know, there's trial and error period, isn't yeah, there? of course of, there is. Yeah, even like you know the really tip top sides have had you know we we always know, well, um, you've mentioned loads of times David about you know when when Barcelona first started to really play that way under Pep they made mistakes but you have to persevere yeah. and play through it you just have to you know we've we've had you know the Olsen thing at Old Trafford the Martinez and Louise thing at Brian some weeks you you get away with it other weeks you won't you just get on with it but if you get it right then those mistakes start to disappear mm-hmm. and, and then you uh, become a different beast and you become very good to watch as well yeah kind of speaking on the same subject unless you got something to add sure. No, no, carry on. Uh, well, you can answer this one first. Uh, ben Redding asks, and it's kind of connected to the, what we've just been talking about, what's your thoughts on our first-choice defensive midfielders? Hard to pick between Doug, Kamara, and Big Daddy Dunker. Yeah, Ben's exactly right. It's very hard to pick between the three of them, if you, especially if they're just going into the two positions. Depends on the game. I think it does depend on the game, because I think you go with um, Louise and Kamara. I think that's your starting two, and Big Daddy comes on... If he if he's needed, you know, depending on the situation. But I th- I think he, I think he also starts in like if if you got more of a I mean they're not here in the Premier League anymore. But if you're playing Burnley, for example, I would be playing Kamara and Donka because you've got you've got more height in the team, you have got more physicality. He had in the a very midfield. good game against Brentford. Let's we let's yeah. forget. Yeah, it's a, it's a great problem to have to have three players now in the position that you, you need. I like uh, all three of them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say I would pick. Do, do I have a first choice? I don't think we need to. That's probably part of the evolution of Villa where we want to go. You can't always have a first choice. It's about having a you know a collective squad and for each game situation you pick. I think Kamara's the top dog out yeah, of the three. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And that's more of a def- on a defensive note, I would say, just because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we we were talking about him after the uh, Brighton game, for example, and sometimes if he misses that first tackle, he's very good at uh, recovering and kind of getting in position to win that ball back, even if it's at the last, you know, last gasp in his own eighteen-yard uh, box. But he seems to read the game uh, very well, just based on what we've seen so far. I think the thing about Doug is obviously you've got the old. Uh, set pieces uh well corners shall we say we, we still don't know if uh if he's going to be successful now that we've sorted the wall situation out which uh opposition were obviously uh you know when they were measuring the wall it was like six six yards 5.8 yards and now they've started to put it back i think only lucas dean really took a free kick since uh Villa have been reporting these shorts and distance between the walls and obviously he scored against uh, United. No, I think um, there's so- there's something about Louise. He-, he has the ability to surprise because, you know, he- he can- something, I mean, Kamara, you know what he does well and he does it very well. Then Donker the same. Louise, you know, he-, he has the potential to do something very badly like he did against Brighton by you know getting knocked off the ball in the first minute but then you you contrast that with the the second half of the game when he got his own back I mean you know that that stayed in his mind he he knew he had to make that right so there is a bit of 
there is a bit of fight in him and and he is more attacking player to the other two so like i said it's good it's a good choice to have out of those three al vfc says which villa player is most likely to be at risk of being poached by a top six club martinez yeah mm-hmm. i don't think anybody's going in january in terms of being poached no and M- martinez i think that I think if he wins the World Cup, I think, I think that's when the danger bells start to ring because you start getting uh, all kinds of uh, like commercial offers and uh, mm-hmm. it, it becomes another world. But, you know, a bit like what happened to Grealish as soon as he uh, played for England in, in the Euros and, and were, were pretty successful. Well, they become much more global entities then rather than yeah, much more localised. And then you've got pressures from your agents and everybody to like, you know, and he could get a, a gig at one of the big clubs. Well, which I'd, I'd say which one of the top six clubs would take him? Because Arsenal won't take him back. City, he, he wouldn't fit in with their sort of like play with the way Ederson plays. Liverpool aren't going to swap Allison United. for him. United. <laughs> I think United. a lot of just copybook at United. That guy's a that guy's a prat uh, to get. He's he, they're not going to win the league with him. No, he's, he's there's done. too many weaknesses in his game. Spain. Too Probably many weaknesses. Darius uh, isn't getting any younger. Admittedly, obviously, too many. Yeah. Longer careers, I mean, we're also talking about continentally. I mean, Elsa's top six, but but I think if Ferguson was in town, Ferguson would have got rid of De, De Gea already and, and got Martinez in. You know, if Argentina did well, so the best thing in terms of the Martinez situation is for Mexico to beat Argentina, and just, <laughs> get them knocked out as soon as possible, and <laughs> have him in Villa in a few weeks. Yeah, because I think if you know Mexico beat them, then uh, I, I don't think he's you know they, his cachet is not going to be up. His his agent's not going to be getting the calls that he would if uh, if they win it. So from that, from a purely selfish. Uh, point of view than uh, Vamos Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Rees or M Rees 84 Matt uh, says same question pretty much. Actually uh, pretty much said what I just said. With Martinez having a starting role at the World Cup do you think with the risk of losing him to a club with regular European football getting heightened a la Grealish at the Euros? Yeah we forgot to, to mention the European football side of things but yeah that's when we say top six clubs I'm, I'm thinking the suitors are more like it's them and Champions League football because yeah agreed if he wins a World Cup for example then you know that next level is hey come on you know you've got to be playing regular Champions League football and uh, you know you'll be giving something like he'll give Villa the way it's the season split up by this World Cup in the middle. At least he can then at least say he's given you know Villa half a season, and we can actually see where Villa are going. Villa managed to get into Europe, then they've got a chance of keeping him or you know win something. But I think if he wins something, then it's like box ticked Villa. Now I can move on. So it's dangerous times instead of Martinez. So again, vamos Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think um, Emery will have time to be at the World Cup on a scouting mission? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's got time to go, has he? Really? He can watch it, can't he, at home? and then, From his own bed. <laughs> from his own bed. <laughs> While he's uh, doing uh, Twitch live training sessions to the players. But yeah, I, I don't think he would go out, would he? Because uh, I don't think many managers will, because they'll be like prepping. It's a weird time, it's isn't it? It's not as if it's in like the summer holidays where you'd expect them all yeah. to uh, try to be blagging free trips. And the coverage is so good that why bother? Yeah. Well, so speaking of Emery, David, uh, what's an Emery's clipboard this week? Ah, well, I'm glad you asked. Right, uh, last week on Emery's clipboard, we spoke about uh, PPDA. Can you remember what that stood for? No, it was that <laughs> memorable. <laughs> Pressure something. Passes allowed yeah, per the- defensive action. Now, uh, oh. some people have had issues with the grey areas that it leaves. And so there's a new metric percentage called, well, newish, called uh, BPD, which is uh, Build Up Disruption Percentage, as it's commonly known, BTB, which measures the impact that a team's pressure has on the passing of the opposition side. For example, if a team is playing an intense high pressing system, it will cause the rival team to register fewer passes as the high press. So uh, first the system calculates, and now if you can understand this, then you're a better man than me. But the f- first the system calculates the team's passing completion rate. Then it, this is the maths behind it. So after the uh, team's passing completion rate is uh, 
calculated, then it is then it compares with the average passing completion rate of the team in that season. This difference is then compared with the computable difference of the other team. Don't know what that means. The resultant number is further weighted against the opposition's team passing accuracy to conclude the effectiveness of the press. This is called the build-up disruption percentage. This is called a load of bollocks. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, so well, whatever. So the the number one team, and it's and it's a percentage, but these are like really low percentages, and, and they're going to minus. So at top of the build-up disruption table is Liverpool, and this is a percentage, and they are top with 88 Eight two. Oh, now God. I don't know how that works in my brain, but anyway, bottom of the table as they are with every stat, <laughs> Bournemouth <laughs> in twentieth place have minus five point nine one. <clears throat> Still beat Villa. <laughs> Still beat Villa. <laughs> now you know the next question, and who's going first? Chris, you won last time, so uh, you can choose. I'll go first this time. Oh, he, he knows all about his B BDP. Mm. Sounds like something you rub on when you've got a rash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to say. <laughs> it looks like you come back from Falaraki with that. Um, is that what you come back from Mamaroos with? <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> right. So, what's Villa's? Uh, what's Villa's? Uh, B- well, we tend to be B-T-B. smack bang in the middle for most things, don't we? So, if the bottom. I'm going to go 6.35. 6.35 from Zabud. Uh, well, let Phil go, then I'll give you a clue each round. Go, Phil. All right. I ain't going to say something that I usually say with Villa. Zero. <sighs> Zero, he says. It's right, it's right in the middle. <laughs> For the clue, and since you won last week, Chris, I, I will give you the uh, BDP of another team. You just choose it. Any other team but Villa. You know Bournemouth. You know you know Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... Give me Brentford. Ooh, Brentford. Brentford's uh, BTP is 0.86. So that's the clue. <laughs> I love this game. I'm going to go with 0.90. Phil Shaw. Do I get to pick a team? Uh, well, that was the clue clue for the ages. But you, I'll let you. I'll let you. It's coming up to Christmas. Yeah. Give us uh, West Ham's. Minus 1.77. Okay, then I'll go minus 2. So 0.2. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, sorry. Ma- minus, minus 2. Right, yeah. Gotcha. Minus 2. No uh, points, just minus 2. Point zero zero. Point zero zero. Right. Uh, so the final clue is Villa are eleventh in the table. One. <laughs> <laughs> One. <laughs> right. Go on then, Phil Shaw. Uh, all right. Uh, two point not two. Well, Chris really referencing in hard on that Brentford, which he was wise to because Brentford are tenth. Yep. Uh, but that's what I thought. One place of birth, but. But, 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 but. Oh, there's a sting in the tail. 0.86. Now, Villa were 0.17. So, Mr. Shaw with his zero has got it. <laughs> <laughs> you set the bar so low. <laughs> just, just in doubt, set the bar low. <laughs> just zero. <laughs> What's the first thing that comes to mind? Aston Villa, zeros. <laughs> it's nothing. It's a whole load of nothing. Well done, Phil. I think. I don't know how that calculates. It's obviously a little bit more complex, the maths of this. I mean, to create a percentage that low as well. Leads are always high in, in these. They work hard, don't anything they? Anything to do with pressing stats. So they're second with this. For this. The thing about the Liverpool thing is it's so much higher than anybody else. It's 8.82. The next is highest is Leeds with 4.75. So that's why it's going to be always quite tricky. So uh, that clue of having uh, you know another team score probably was more helpful newcastle high up there 4.39 that suggests they're working hard and uh, working as a team as well in the press so gives you a bit of an indication of why they're successful manchester city fifth brighton in the top six of these pressing stats again Uh, city 3.86 brighton 3.63 and then seventh arsenal Etc. Except Spurs right down there. They're the nineteenth. What does it mean? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. 
<laughs> right, uh, before we go, let's uh, have a reason to be cheerful. Phil Shaw, anything as a Villa fan? I think the, the reason to be cheerful as a Villa fan is that not only four Villa players went to the World Cup because the Villa players that have went to the World Cup, I mean, they're they're getting a bit of a battering at the minute. They're not, especially Martinez. They're they could be coming back with a bit, a bit traumatized, with, especially if they go out in the group stages. They might need a bit of rehabilitation at Villa. My reason would be to be cheerful is uh, Vamos Mexico. It's Mexico beat Argentina. Arriba. <laughs> <laughs> Arriba, I don't think you'll be seeing Martinez going anywhere soon. Exactly. No, but the problem is he may he may come back a shell of his former self. <laughs> his shell former, shot. <laughs> yeah, his former hip thrusting self. It might not be him anymore. <laughs> Chris, anything? Um, my my sort of reasons for to be cheerful remain the same from you know the, the, the sort of the United doubleheader and Brighton that. I just think we're we're going into a period where a very talented manager or a very capable manager can. He's talking about he's talking about Gareth Southgate, by the way. Yeah, if you... can can do a lot of heavy lifting on on a on a squad that you think has got a lot of potential. So I think I think just potential. So we're bringing it home, are we? We're bringing it home, are we? We are, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. I'm, I'm saying, saying absolutely nothing, nothing yet. Are we? Are we? Heck, we're going out in the quarterfinals. Uh, switching it to the World Cup, uh, I think. I mean, now the football started. It's uh, yeah. A reason to be cheerful is actually that we're just we're up and running. I mean, ultimately, I mean, you look back any World Cup, like before the Brazil World Cup, there was the uh, everybody uses the World Cup to highlight whatever's going on in in that particular country. And then you know, Brazil, it was like the political situation, and uh, yeah, and they couldn't afford it basically. Yeah, and uh, but the problems with the World Cup are always at the the point of election and the uh, the bidding, and that's when people really should sharpen the focus rather than uh, just when it sits suddenly in the media on the you know the the day before because that's where you can actually have an influence. But I don't know. I I think another reason to be cheerful if you're kind of I don't know if you freelance or you work from home is these ten a.m. Uh, football matches. Oh, it's great, isn't it? You've got an excuse to flake out. You said roll out of bed, but you don't even need to roll out of bed. <laughs> well, no, I've got my TV at the end of the bed. So MTV Cribs. All right, uh, before we go, just want to say thank you very much for listening to the show. And uh, please do uh, follow the show on whatever podcast app that you use or you're listening to it on now because uh, it's a little bit sporadic. It's weekly, but it's we don't know what day during the World Cup. It's four games, four games a day. It's hard to fit these things in. Please do follow uh, the podcast on at my old man said on uh, twitter and whatever other social media and uh, until the second part where we'll do some more q a of the mad few questions it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.